Hey Walruses, I had a load of great episodes planned out for you but these have all been canned until sort of lockdown is over um, and I might slip one or two of them in during the duration of uh, to break things up a little bit because maybe the fucking you're sick and tired of hearing about Corona and lockdown and all the rest of it um, but I want some of these episodes to be like the, the first aid kits for your mind you, you know the type of ones that you buy uh, for your business premises with the plasters and the bandages and the gauze and the germaline um, except these episodes are are first aid kits for your mind on this occasion coming right at at you from the PT for your PD because do you know what I see online um, and in the feedback of the things I'm looking at that you're struggling uh, you're struggling with some stuff and I want to give you a boot up the fucking hole about some of it and I'm passionate I'm so passionate about this that this is the greatest time in the history of humankind to make an impact on your fellow humans from the luxury of your own fucking home and I'm about to bang on about it again today so apologies for that if you've had enough from of being told that this is your fucking opportunity because it is my my friends now by the way this is episode 149 of the speed matter podcast live and direct from walrus island from walrus island a little oasis of calm in the world the only country untouched by covid19 a bit like new zealand except even better uh because we reacted very quickly to the pandemic and we're all safe and free of COVID-19. But just like where you are, we've all got an opportunity during lockdown to explode our message and, and explode our reach due to the eyeballs locked and the ears locked on social media. So I was thinking, what's the biggest obstacle that people have to producing content or producing content at scale or producing content that isn't just the same shit that everyone else produces or producing content that challenges or producing content that has a fucking impact on others? And the more I thought about it, about what the blockage was to all of those opportunities, yep, there are obstacles in your mind, but there are obstacles in most people's minds. And the thing I kept on coming back to was the thing that's holding some of you back was the fear of criticism, the fear and worry of critique about is somebody going to say that I'm just putting this out and I shouldn't be putting it out during Corona or are they going to say who's that putting their head above the parapet or who's that uh, or somebody's going to say how dare you talk about your business at a time like this or somebody's going to say why aren't you doing enough for the hospitals or whatever it might be. You see, I believe that every single one of you is unique. And you have a unique story to tell. And you have unique value to add to the world. But you're afraid of showing the world your uniqueness. Because you're afraid of the critique by the masses. By the trolls. By the gaslighters. Now, here's a small example. Um, that my daughter... This is, this is totally... <laughs> this is totally off-piste, this next wee um, thing I'm about to tell you about. And you're probably going, what the fuck has that got to do with Corona? This is just to show you. Tell your fucking story, folks. Now, here's an example. My daughter, Erin, that's my eldest daughter, she's 11. She's my mini-me. And she likes to paint my toenails. And do you know what? I like her painting my toenails. And I'm probably not that unique in that. Um, but all the other motherfuckers out there who like to have their toenails pa- <laughs> painted uh, are probably afraid to tell anybody for fear of critique. I can hear, I can see a few of you just nodding at the minute, isn't that right? I can't fucking hear you admit it. Stick your fucking hand up if you're one of those who's got a little quirk like me and likes your toenails painted uh, by your daughter. And the interesting thing about all of these little secrets and all of these little quirks, 
these are the things that make us different. These are the things that make us stand out. These are the things that create our personality. These are the things that um, showcase who we are. And these are the things that we keep to ourselves. But the irony is that those things are the things that make you. Now, I'm not saying that if you like to have your toenails painted by your daughter, or your son for that matter, that they will make you a successful entrepreneur. Because trust me, it fucking won't. (laughs) No, I'm saying, what I'm saying is that the fortitude, the steadfastness to own who you are is what will make you happy, content and successful in life. Now, sharing little random bits and pieces of who you are and what makes you tick should not be the mainstay of your content. But the ability to sprinkle your your quirks amongst the main message um, is what can set you apart because people buy people. And when you have the balls to not worry about what other people think, that's when your stock goes up. And by the way, that's not the same as going out of your way to offend others. I mean, that can work, can work as a strategy also, but it's not one that I advocate advocate um, so you might be asking what's the chief walrus bubbling up towards in this episode what is he going to be talking about and I'm going to give you an answer and this uh, and in this answer I'm prepared for some motherfuckers from Dickhead Island to say here he goes again here he goes virtue signaling virtue signaling virtue try saying that virtue signaling it's all about him and you know what Here's some red meat for Dickhead Island. I do actually think I'm the closest thing to an entrepreneurial version of Mother Teresa. And it's not just because I like to have my toenails painted. Now, to be fair, I doubt Mother Teresa was too worried about having her toenails painted. And you can take that last sentence or two with a pinch of salt if you want, or do whatever the fuck you want with it. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I, I keep getting sidetracked today. The thing that's holding most people back from producing good content, in my view, is that they're worried about criticism, about critique, about the trolls, about gaslighting, about what people might think, and it leads to a paralysis of the mind. Now, an ability to post your truth because the fear is there. Um, What if people, because fear is real with you, what if people don't like it? And it leads to you posting what you think people might like rather than your own truth because of the fear of being lanced on the end of someone's proverbial or metaphorical quill. So I want to give you a story today just to show that it doesn't matter how fucking pure your content is or how positive it is or how noble the intention is um, or how many people that you're actually helping. When your content has an impact, that's when the trolls and the gaslighters come out. Okay, so you get them because you're having an impact, because you're achieving things that they cannot achieve, because you're expressing yourself in a way that they cannot, because you're prepared to show your quirks, which they will not, because you're prepared to lead when they will not, because you're a fucking winner. That's what gets those bastards going. Now, about four weeks ago, I had the greatest piece of evidence ever that they are going to hit no matter what. And that's why you shouldn't worry about them. So there's no point in worrying about them. And you just got to get on with having an impact. And whether that impact be on your local community, on your workplace, on your charitable works, on your sports clubs, on your friends or family, whatever it is you're seeking to make a difference to, just get on with it. Because the trolls and the gaslighters are going to come no matter what, but only when you're having an impact. So here's my story. About four weeks ago, I was making a significant significant donation to charity to Northern Ireland Children's Hospice, with whom I work. Uh, quite extensively. I've done my greatest showman, you know, all about that, etc, etc, etc. Now, it was all being done privately. So I was speaking with them privately. There was no fanfare. There was no media about it. I was just making a donation, significant donation to them. 
and I was speaking with them. I love them to bits. I love the work they do for the young people with life-limiting conditions. And I discovered um, during that conversation that due to the coronavirus pandemic, that the third sector's revenue generating was down by up to 90% um, because of the crisis. Uh, uh, up to 90% because of the crisis and that was right across the third sector and that no one was really aware or even interested or doing anything about it and that all of the misery and all of the pain in the world that there is and children with cancer and all that stuff type of thing was still going on in fact it was being uh, exacerbated in some cases because of the charity shops being closed because of the outdoor money raising events that come along in springtime like the dragon boat race here in Belfast and the sponsored walks and the marathon and all of those revenue generating stuff were all cancelled and it wasn't getting a look in because all we were concerned about you know and understandably was what was happening on the front line and the money was down to a trickle but yet all of the pain and misery that needs looked after um, by all of the great people who works in these charities that hadn't stopped none of that had stopped in fact that was getting worse Yet their money was down by up to 90% because the fundraising activities had totally ground to a halt. Well, as I said, uh, Northern Ireland Children's Hospice is very close to my heart. I've talked about the importance of um, CSR for all SMEs and all entrepreneurs before. Um, um, In fact, I might do an episode actually one day on why the Northern Ireland Children's Hospice is so important to me. But either way, I came away from that conversation thinking, holy shit. This is terrible news. All those children suffering and there's going to be no money for people to look after them. They're going to have to start laying off people soon. And then I thought, if that's happening to one of the biggest charities and one of the best run charities in the country, what chance do all the smaller charities have at this time and all the people who they look after? So I decided I had to do something pretty spectacular to really go to town with uh, a dual, in fact, actually a, a triple target. So I sort of sketched out in my mind what I was going to do. I was going, this is going to have to be really fucking big. Um, I can't just, you, you know, do something small. I have to do something fucking huge because none of this um, narrative is getting out there because we're all obsessed with Corona. So I came up with a triple target. Uh, number one. Uh, raising awareness of the stresses the third sector uh, was coming under. That was my number one target. Number two was raising the profile of Northern Ireland Children's Hospice and the dire need of the young people that it cares for. And number three was to raise as much money as I could possibly in the lo- in the lockdown. And I hatched a plan and I came up, this is the plan, I came up in a LinkedIn post um, and I'm actually going to read it to you because I'm really proud of it because it delivered everything I wanted and more and this is all about planning and having a strategy so I had a strategy for this post and um, this this is what the post read like um, this could even break me financially I dare you to test me because we'll make a lot of very sick young people's lives a little better for every like this post uh, for every like of this post I'm going to donate one pound to Northern Ireland's Children's Hospice the charities are on their knees at the minute and can't get airtime. We're understandably obsessed with corona, but young people with all the other life-limiting conditions are still in need of our help too. We're in lockdown and don't have the bandwidth or the capital that we usually do to don- donate and give help. Please take a few seconds and help me get the message out there. Northern Ireland Children's Hospice and other amazing charities like them need our help. 
these are desperate times. So whether you're a lover or a hater of mine, or just want to help a great cause, hit the like button and I'll donate £1 on your behalf. Let's show the very best of human with a little heart. If you want to match my £1, there's a Just Giving link in the comments to make a donation. Uh, we got this with an exclamation mark and then hashtag £1 donated for every like. Hashtag make a difference. Hashtag I'm doing this for someone special up above. Hashtag charity. No, that was my post. I hope that's a little bit moving. Uh, needless to say, Northern Ireland Children's Hospice were over the moon. They absolutely loved it. They asked my permission if they could bring this idea to other big names in Northern Ireland. And I'm not saying I'm a big name, I'm saying that's what they said. They had loads of other offers of help on the back of the... I uh, got half a million views um, of that post. I had multiple other charities thank me for the post as they were getting financial help on the back of my post and other help um, from their own donors who'd seen my post and didn't realise how bad things were for the third sector. Now, of course, what you're all wondering is how many freaking uh, likes <laughs> there were of this post. And, well, at the last count, there were 10,500 likes. And I'm currently speaking to my bank, uh, asking to take out a second mortgage so, so I can pay off the money they owe. Uh, and I still haven't got the guts to tell my wife. <laughs> Uh, any advice on how to broach that with her would be gratefully received and up until now I'd always uh, bump the phone calls from the guys asking if I'd ever taken out the PPI <laughs> and I'm wishing I'd actually asked them to investigate the PPI because if I'd had one or two of those it might have helped me but anyway what a fantastic amount of likes 10,500 likes and that's money that will be going to Northern Ireland Children's Hospice um, but look it wasn't just for all the likes people were amazingly generous on the Just Giving page too so all in all, probably the single most important piece of social media I've ever done and definitely the most worthy and the one I'm happiest about ever um, that I'd created. Um, and um, it has added enormous value to the ecosystem out there and not just to Children's Hospice. Now, how could anyone, and the, po and the point of this, or how it ties in to this episode, now, how could anyone have done anything but celebrate that achievement or at least, even if they didn't fucking like me, stay quiet about it, give it a wee like, and cost a pound, cost me a pound that would go to charity if they were one of my haters. But no, the response, albeit overwhelmingly positive, I did get the usual suspects, the usual trolls um, doing comments on the post. Um, they appeared unhappy that I had ventilated my desire to donate to charity, and I should have done, and that I should have donated privately uh, and not done a post. But you've heard what my reasons were now. And obviously they didn't know that I'd already been donating. That's how I found out all about all this need, etc., etc., etc. But sure, they they wouldn't care anyway. They would find another reason. Now their hatred um, of good blinds them, of course, to the fact that my post about the parlous state of the third sector had been picked up on half a million people's timelines. That scores of other charities thanked me for highlighting this peril. And now I know that other charities and Northern Ireland Children's Hospice reached out to their big donors to ask for emergency assistance, as I've said. Also, I know that I've only found out about it, as I've said, because I was privately donating separately, thus discovering what the problems were. So I probably expect the trolls. I probably expect the trolls. Although I'm not sure I did on this one. But I even had posts, not just trolls in the comments, I even had posts abusing me. Now, one of them was actually from an employee who works in a company. And I actually, this company, I am actually pretty friendly with the founder and CEO. 
and one of his staff who actually has it in his um, bio that he works um, for them um, it's a really significantly sized company with large scale operations across Europe and a member of his team told me to shut up and shut down my account as I was a balloon and a disgrace and it was liked by a cabal of people other people in that business now I was half tempted to contact their boss to let him know they have some pretty cancerous people working for him but you know when they take the low road I take the high uh, as Michelle Obama would say and I thought better of it but my reason um, for highlighting this story during the lockdown is that you cannot let the fear of critique of trolls, of what others might say, stop you from posting and being yourself. Now, these people are empty. They have issues in their lives. They should be pitied on the whole, probably rather than hated. The most important post of my life was trashed by them. They attack me because they don't want to see the goodness in the world or that or that that goodness should only exist on the terms that they deem acceptable. My terms don't fit their worldview, so I should shut up and shut down my account because I'm a balloon. Now, the moral of the story for you is don't be afraid. Don't procrastinate over your posts. They only raise their heads when you're breaking Delph and when they're jealous. The more Delph you break, the more jealous they'll become and the more they'll come and get you. So straight after this episode... Go and do something awesome. Go and get outside your straitjacket and add some value to the world and be grateful for the love and ignore the hate. It's a necessary part of the journey. The only way you'll avoid them is if you never leave your mother's bosom and you'll not have much of an impact on the world if you stay there. Now, I just want to give a shout out to all the mentees I've had in the past who are absolutely killing it at the minute. Honestly, there's nothing like the buzz of someone you've worked with in the past who is showcasing your teachings and still thriving at times like these. And I can see that my mentees' pity parties didn't last too long. They've been trained by the very best and their heads are up looking for the opportunities. And I just saw Barry McCall, solicitor from McGill Kelly, um, Blew me away recently with his positive and he's hitting up social media hard again. It's absolutely fantastic to see. And a massive shout out to Tanya McGeehan of MCG Property Investments who hosted this uh, property forum with about 60 participants and an expert property panel dissecting what the pandemic would do for the property market or do to the property market. Now, well done to Tanya. I was delighted to join Philip Armstrong, solicitor, and Jordan Buchanan, chief economist of Property Pal, as the experts on the panel. And it was a brilliant initiative by Tanya. Absolutely brilliant. Bravo, Tanya. Now, these are people who could, have ha- who could have their heads down, but they're not. Are you going to be like them? Are you? Are you going to be like them? Or are you going to be worried about the trolls? Or are you going to fucking do something? Do something fucking huge. Go away from this episode and do the thing that you've been worried about doing. Whatever it is, if you're worried about what others, what others will say, take a fucking hint from this episode doesn't matter if there's absolute purity in what you're doing if you're breaking delf and you're having an impact that's the only time they come after you anyway so whatever you do it's your fucking choice <laughs>